Welcome to another episode of Astronomy Daily. I'm Steve Dunkley, your host for today. It is Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2023. In this episode, we'll be hearing a little bit more about uh, SpaceX versus the environment, a telescope array searching for extraterrestrial life, and three super-Earths discovered. So let's begin. With your host, Steve Dunkley. And with me in the studio is my favourite digital reporter, Hallie. How are you, Hallie? Hi there, Steve. It seems like forever since we've been together. Well, since I have a very different perception of time from you humans, it really does seem like a thousand years. Well, lucky for me, you never forget anything. Oh, I could never forget you, Steve. You know you're my favourite. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, oh, hang on, hang on. Your favourite, favourite what? Hehe, <laughs> nothing really. No, 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 really, Hallie. Your, your favorite, favorite what? Um, on with the show, Steve. Really? Headlines. Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. You're the boss. Have you ever wondered about the risks of cosmic radiation while flying on a plane? Cosmic rays are high-energy radiation that stems from space and the sun. Theses rays can pose a threat to air travel, especially for frequent flyers and pilots who receive greater doses of radiation. However, a new study has found that exposure levels vary greatly depending on route, altitude, and solar activity. Scientists from the University of Helsinki measured the cosmic radiation levels on board several aircraft on various flights. They discovered that some flights exceeded the annual radiation limit recommended for astronauts by NASA, while others were below average. The researchers recommend that airlines provide their crews with radiation monitoring tools and ensure that passengers are aware of the risks. However, they also noted that the risks from natural cosmic radiation are relatively low, as the body can naturally repair any radiation-damaged cells. So, the next time you board a plane, and I hope Andrew is listening, don't fret about cosmic radiation too much, but it's always good to be informed about the potential risks of air travel. And it looks like SpaceX has more trouble on the ground but of a different kind this time. Environmental groups have filed a lawsuit against SpaceX and the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, over the company's launch activities at its Texas facility. The lawsuit alleges that the FAA violated federal law by granting SpaceX a launch license without conducting a thorough environmental review of the potential impacts of its activities on the surrounding wildlife and natural habitat. The environmental groups claim that the launches disrupt the breeding, nesting, and feeding patterns of many species of birds, including the endangered Aplomado falcon. SpaceX has countered that it has taken measures to minimize its impact on the environment and that it has complied with all applicable laws and regulations. The case is currently ongoing in federal court. I sure hope that can work it out. China has announced that they plan to send their astronauts, also known as taikonauts, to explore the moon, with the hopes of landing someone on it by the year 2030. The ambitious plan involves multiple missions, starting with the launch of their newest rocket, the Long March 9 in 2028. 
the Chinese National Space Administration has already sent several spacecraft to the moon, including the Chang'e 4 spacecraft, which made history by successfully landing on the far side of the moon in 2019. They plan to continue their exploration by launching the Chang'e 5 sample return mission later this year. The ultimate goal is to establish a base on the moon, which would serve as a research station and launching point for further exploration. This base would potentially be constructed using resources found on the moon, such as water ice and regolith, which could also be used to generate oxygen, water, and rocket fuel. China's lunar exploration program is just one part of their larger space ambitions, which include plans for a space station in Earth orbit and a mission to Mars in the 2030s. With their determination and resources, China is quickly becoming a major player in the world of space exploration. And that's all the latest news. You're listening to Astronomy Daily, the podcast. Thank you very much for that, Hallie. Uh, some very interesting things going on in the world today. SpaceX is up to uh, launching the biggest rocket ever made, the most powerful engines ever installed on a rocket. I can't wait to see what they get up to. I hope they get over the environmental problems that they are uh, facing at the moment. That is part and parcel of brand new research and development. That is what happens when you do new things. Now, one of the world's most powerful radio telescope arrays is the Jansky Very Large Array, just outside of Sirocco, New Mexico. And it's collecting the kind of data that only artificial transmitters make. Hence, the kind of signal that would betray or give away the existence of an accomplished technological society. Now, the VLA is the go-to instrument for radio astronomers, and it's the first time the, they're using it for a wide-ranging and continuous search for techno-signatures, as they're known. The VLA is one of the most productive radio telescopes in the world, consisting of 27 antennas spread over 23 miles of desert real estate. And that's quite a slice of desert when you look at it. And since 2017, it has been engaged in a project known as VLAS, Very Large Array Sky Survey, a radio reconnaissance of 80% of the sky. But while these observations are being undertaken, a tap of the signal distribution network will shunt a copy of the data into a special receiver sporting a very narrow channel, approximately one hertz wide. Researchers think that any signals from a deliberately constructed transmitter will contain such a narrow band component and their discovery would indicate that the signals is not produced by nature, but by some kind of constructed transmitter, by a race of technologically advanced beings. The new process system for SETI is dubbed COSMIC. The, uh, they love their acronyms, don't they? The Commensal Open Sourced Multimode Inferometer Cluster and is spearheaded by the SETI Institute in collaboration with the National Radio Astronomy Observatory and Breakthrough Listen Initiative. Now, just to verify that the system actually works, they've actually picked up uh, signals from Voyager 1 spacecraft and uh, confirmed that the system actually does operate as directed. So now that they've got confirmation that it all works, they can now put the system to work for good. When combined with the incredible sensitivity of VLA, COSMIC will be approximately a thousand times more comprehensive than any previous SETI search. 
Now, history has shown that major improvements to sensitivity and range of exploratory experiments are often rewarded with the detection of a signal. Won't that be exciting? Astronomers have discovered three new super-Earths orbiting a nearby star, increasing the chances of finding habitable planets outside our solar system. The star known as GJ1061 is located just 12 light-years away and has already been found to host a super-Earth in its habitable zone. The region around a star where the temperatures are just right for liquid water to exist on a planet's surface. Now, using data from the HARPS North spectrograph at the Telescopio Nacional Galileo in the Canary Islands, astronomers have found three more planets orbiting the star. Two of the planets are located closer to the star than the previous dis- previously discovered super-Earth, making them too hot to support life as we know it. But the third star, GJ1061d, is located further away from the star and may be potentially habitable. GJ1061d has a mass of about four times that of Earth and orbits the star once every 13 days. Its surface temperature is estimated to be about 5 degrees Celsius, that's 23 degrees Fahrenheit in the old language, assuming it has an Earth-like atmosphere. That's cold compared to Earth's average temperature of about 15 degrees Celsius, 59 degrees Fahrenheit, but it's within the range of where liquid water could exist. This planet is of great interest because it's not only relatively small and cool, but it's also in the habitable zone of its star, said lead author of the study Mark Vornhusen from University of St Andrews. The discovery of GJ1061d is exciting for astronomers because it brings us one step closer to finding potentially habitable world outside our solar system. The habitable zone around a star is where liquid water could exist on a planet's surface, a key factor in the search for extraterrestrial life. Since GJ1061 is a nearby star, relatively speaking, as well as being relatively bright, We may be able to determine the atmospheric composition of this planet in the not-too-distant future, said co-author of the study Mario Damaso from the University of Turin. The discovery of three new planets also sheds light on the formation of super-Earths. Super-Earths are planets with a mass of higher than than Earth's, but lower than that of Neptune. They're a common type of planet in our galaxy and are believed to be the most likely candidates for habitable worlds. These planets are exciting because they offer the chance to study the physical and chemical properties of rocky planets beyond our solar system, said Vorhusen. The discovery of three new planets also highlights the importance of continued investment in astronomical technology. The HARPS North Spectrograph is a highly sensitive instrument that analyzes the light from stars to detect the slight wobble caused by a planet's gravitational pull. It's one of several telescopes around the world dedicated to the search of exoplanets. As we continue to explore the skies with ever more sensitive instruments, we'll undoubtedly discover more of these intriguing worlds in the years to come, said Damaso. The discovery of three new super-Earths orbiting GJ1061 is a significant step forward in the search for habitable worlds beyond our own solar system. As astronomical technology continues to improve, we may eventually discover a truly Earth-like planet somewhere among the stars. Until then, we'll keep searching and studying the fascinating worlds that we have already discovered in our own celestial backyard. 
Oh, and that's all we have time for in this episode of Astronomy Daily. How about that, Hallie? Oh, really? I don't believe it. Yes, time flies when you're having fun. Someone should tell Elon Musk that. Oh, you think so? I wonder if he is still having fun trying to get that rocket to fly. Good question, Hallie. Once again, thank you for joining us, everybody, and our regular reminder that you can find all the episodes of Space Nuts with Andrew Dunkley and Professor Fred Watson, as well as every episode of our podcast, Astronomy Daily with Andrew Dunkley, Tim Gibbs, and yours truly, Steve Dunkley, at this address, spacenuts.io. So head over there and click the links and enjoy your fill of space science and stuff. You can also drop into the Space Nuts Facebook page and say hi. There's always a great chat going on too. Just love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on Astronomy Daily. See you all again soon. Bye, Hallie. See you next time.